we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar, and this is uh, your little excursion into magical magicalness. <laughs> My name is Dave, and uh, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing and telling a friend. That's what we. Uh, that's what we need. We need the show to grow, and uh, that's how you do it. You share f- with a friend. You send it over via text or email or. Facebook or whatever it is that you do and say, hey, listen to this guy. He's got a podcast and it's pretty good because I'd like to think I'm pretty good. Got so much to do today on today's show. I, I don't even know if we're going to get it all in. So here's here's kind of the lineup. I've got some new stuff coming up with some gondola news and we'll talk about some photo pass and some lack of photo pass stuff. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Primeval World. Uh, I'm going to get to the gondolas, like I said. We'll talk a little bit about the Tomorrowland sign, the brand new sign coming up. Uh, the challenge, which I did on Friday, running, trying, to, trying to run 47 rides in one single day, earning money for Addie's Army, a local autism charity here in Birmingham, Alabama. And, of course, I want to get to some Star Wars stuff, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which I got to visit there on Saturday. And uh, we'll do a little Be Our Guest dinner now, one of my favorite podcasts out there right now is called Easy Listening, hosted by Gina Grad and Teresa Strasser, and they're, they're a podcast about podcasts, and Teresa at the top of the show likes to give a rundown, and she likes to say all of this and less, because there's no promises they'll get to everything that's kind of this thing too. There's no promises we're going to talk about all of this stuff, and what we don't get to today we'll talk about next week. We may end up pushing the dinner review off till next week, but uh, we're going to a lot to get to, so let's just dive right in with some news. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. Tomorrowland has a new sign, installed sign yesterday, I believe. It's a new marquee for the Magic Kingdom. It's got uh, it's it's almost like a minimalist white arch kind of thing, basically. It's got a circle on top with uh, Tomorrowland written across the top there, and it's got the two beams that come down. And- I mean, there's not a lot to tell you about this. You'll just have to see it. I'll try to put a picture of it on our website, magiconadollar.com, uh, and you can see the Tomorrowland sign there. But uh, it's it's pretty cool, actually. It's a little bit different than the big sign they had before with uh, with all the colors and lights and everything on it. This is sort of a, a just a very simple Tomorrowland kind of sign. I think it's kind of a sign of the, the theme that they're going for, very simple, very... I mean, I guess I could say minimalist, that kind of thing, but it looks cool. It looks really, really cool. So that sign got put up a couple of days ago, and it is up on now. So Disney is trying to cut back a little bit. Of course, you know, they spent uh, like 60 or $70 billion buying the Fox uh, properties and Fox, uh, you know, 20th Century Fox stuff. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge just opened, and at Disneyland, it's been somewhat overwhelming. They haven't made the money back they hope to. Same thing with Disney World. I don't think the numbers are there just yet, which they'll get there, I think, for many reasons, but... 
And they're really doing a little cutback. Great moments in history with the Muppets. The Muppets present Great Moments in History, which comes out several times a day over in Liberty Square. will be ending in October, and that kind of makes me sad because it's a fun, fun show. The, the Muppets would come out in, in different windows. Fozzie and Piggy and Gonzo and Sam the Eagle. They would tell the story of Paul Revere. They would tell another story, kind of give a, an insight. They would kind of give their own little take on American history, and it was a fun show. My downside to that was that the fact that the standing area was in the bright sunlight. So if you're watching this show, say, in July, you are burning up. Uh, you know, in, in the wintertime, it's not so bad, but it's going to get cut. And so we're not going to get to see it very much, which makes, it, makes me kind of sad. Apparently, uh, Buradiku at Disney's Animal Kingdom will have their final performance in October 13th. Uh, sometime on that day, maybe sometime in the evening. Now, if you want to know what Buradiku is... If you go to to Animal Kingdom and you're walking through the park and you hit the if you hit the Africa area where Kilimanjaro Safaris is and that's where Tusker House is and uh, you know the walkway down to Pandora, they're always out there. They're dancing and they're singing and they just sound really really cool. They're always in costume with the face paint and the beads and everything and they just sound great. Well, that show is going away, unfortunately. And again, it makes me kind of sad that they're cutting back some of these things. Also being cut back, PhotoPass photographers. Character meet and greets now have these automated boxes, basically. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times at the Tinkerbell meet and greet, and it's a it's an automated PhotoPass box that takes pictures as you pose. And I'm not really sure if the character themselves or if it's just triggered by you standing at a certain place, but it will take your picture a couple of times. You can put on the magic band. Now, they will have attendants there who can take photos on phones and such, but they don't have PhotoPass photographers. And this is very sad because... One of the things that I love about the PhotoPass photographers is the fact that many of them will take extra shots. Now, now, for example, I was in Epcot on Saturday with some friends of mine, my friend Sarah and her family, and we were all meeting Winnie the Pooh together. So we go in and meet Winnie the Pooh. And there are two kinds of, of PhotoPass photographers that I found. One is that we'll wait for the pose and just running around there doing improv while they're, they're, while they're having those candid moments with the characters. And that's what was happening. The PhotoPass photographer was not taking pictures. He was just kind of standing there with his camera waiting for the pose. So I grabbed my camera and I took about 10 pictures of the kids hugging on Pooh and they're talking to Pooh and he's shaking their hands and that kind of thing. Um, you know, the PhotoPass photographer got none of that. Uh, I don't know that these boxes will do either, but at least with a photographer, you can walk up and say, hey, would you mind taking some extra pictures, you know, get some candid shots and stuff of the kids or of the wife or of the husband or of the group or whatever, and, uh, it, you know, the, the photographer didn't do it, and so I ended up taking some pictures, some pretty good pictures, actually. I sent them to her. She posted a few, which are kind of fun, um, but I'm not a fan of these boxes. I really am not. There's just, uh, There's an interaction there that's missing and that I don't like not having. And I'm hoping this is a very temporary measure, and I'm hoping these boxes go away very, very soon. And I've heard of some of these boxes even malfunctioning and not even taking the proper pictures that, that, the, you know, that the guests wanted. So I'm hoping this doesn't last very long with these automated uh, PhotoPass boxes. Finally, in the cuts, Primeval World looks like it's going the way of Stitch, Great Escape. They are looking at doing a seasonal attraction here at Primeval World. Basically, what that means is they will shut it down in slower times. They will open it up in busier times, Christmas, Thanksgiving, holiday weeks, things like that, because it does hold a lot of people. But it is sort of, it is kind of big. I mean, it's a kind of a big structure there. It's a roller coaster. For those of you who don't know, it's a roller coaster, and it spins. And uh, you sit in this round car, and the seats are very, very tight. Um, you, know, you squeeze in there. So if four adults get in there, they are really squeezed in there. So you sit in the round car, pull the bar over you, and it goes up and down a couple of hills, and it spins as it does it. It whips you around back and forth, and it's a fun ride. It's not one that I want to do over and over. My kid who loves roller coasters loves this ride, and it kind of is a mini, like a, like a mouse roller coaster. 
Well, they're looking at doing seasonal right now, and that might mean that eventually it's going to go away. Now, that's what's happening with Stitch's Great Escape. They've officially said that Stitch's Great Escape is, in fact, a seasonal operation, and it's temporarily closed for this time, although it has actually been open since January of 2018. I don't know what will happen with Primeval World. My guess is they'll keep it open through Christmas, through uh, New Year's, through Thanksgiving, through the holiday season, and then who knows what happens after that. If you like Primeval World, you better wait for it to open and go ride it as soon as you can because once it closes, it might just be closed for good. Disney has opened up a toll-free number for goodnight messages. That's right. You can call 1-877-7-MICKEY to hear six goodnight messages from Mickey Mouse, Woody, Jasmine, Elsa, Anna, Yoda, and Spider-Man. The phone number operates now through September 30th, available through all the United States. It's a fun little bedtime message thing. You can add this to your bedtime routine. You just call in and just add it on. Of course, they've also released subscription boxes as well. They have a sleep time box you can get for Disney Store, uh, for Shop Disney, which is uh, pajamas and throws and slippers and so on. And, and you know, all some other stuff that, that for a different price, going to Shop Disney, you can find that online. So let's talk a little bit about the gondolas, as we mentioned, the Disney Skyliner. Uh, I'm hearing reports now that it actually is a pretty good ride. I was taking a minivan on Saturday ran to Hollywood Studios, and uh, I was talking to the cast member, and the cast member mentioned the gondolas, and you know he's kind of a full-grown adult, full-grown adult man, kind of a bigger guy, and he said that he and a few other cast members had gone on a cast member preview of the gondolas, had ridden it around, and he said he and nine other people, nine adults, fit comfortably in those little gondolas. He said, looking at them from the ground, they don't look very big, but they're actually pretty good-sized. Skyliner has stations at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Art of Animation, Pop Century, Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, and of course the Riviera Resort that will open December 16th. They're doing limited testing. They're actually putting in new putting people in. See what they feel like. Now, the one thing that everybody's talking about is the air conditioning because there is none. There's a ventilation system based on the windows, but that's what everybody's kind of looking at is how hot is it going to be? And that's actually my question. What happens if it gets stuck, uh, you know, in the middle of the middle of the track, you know, in the middle of the rope um, on a July afternoon whenever the wind comes or whenever they have a delay or a breakdown or something like that? And the cast member told me, he said, you know what? He said, those gondolas, they have, um, they're, they're all shaded, they're all tinted, and they have a, a heat repellent kind of finish, kind of coating. So so it does help there. The windows open up. It's a ventilation system going through there so the air can flow through. He said, but I'll tell you, if it does get stuck for longer than a few minutes, it's going to get kind of hot in there. But I'm reading a report on attractionsmagazine.com where they rode the Disney Skyliner in the hot Florida sun. And they even said, you know what? They stopped at one point for six minutes and it wasn't that bad. That it was, it was, it was hot. It was warm. But it wasn't that bad at all. So hopefully the gondolas won't be too terrible at all. They actually open up on September the 29th, I do believe, at the end of this month. And that's when you can start riding the gondolas around the, uh, you know, around the parks and around the, uh, the property. And I was even told, too, I asked about the rumor about Animal Kingdom. And they said, he said, yes. He said, that is uh, kind of something they're looking at. If this goes well with the gondola system in place now, they are looking in the future, maybe extending it out to places like Animal Kingdom, which for right now you can only reach it by car and by bus. As I stated before, I did a parkeology challenge on this past Friday with my friend Joey. He and I did a challenge together where we were going to ride all 47 attractions in one single day. Well, we got to 46. We missed Flight of Passage. That was the Fast Pass we could not get. We tried all afternoon for the Fast Pass and just could not get that Fast Pass. Had we gotten it, I think it would have made a big difference, but we just weren't able to squeeze it in. But we did manage to get 46 and 47. Joey was raising money for the Isaiah 117 house. It's an orphanage uh, up in Tennessee, and he raised over $2,000 for that. I raised over two grand as well for Addie's Army, A-D-Y-S-A-R-M-Y, org, actually, not com, but not org. 
And uh, they're an autism group here in town. They do autism uh, projects and uh, events and everything for families with special needs and with autism in their family. My own son, who has autism, has been able to do horseback riding. He's gone. He's gone. Got. He's learned how to swim. Basically, uh, he's ridden in the stock cars. He's gone on bounce house, you know, events and things like that. He's gone water water slide events and such. All free to the general public. So it's been really cool. And uh, I was able to raise money. So thank you so much out there if you've donated. I don't have a list in front of me to call all of your names. And the list is very long, by the way. So I don't know that I would do it just yet. But thank you so much. We're still getting our pledges in, still getting our donations in. And I'll give you a final total maybe next week on exactly how much we raise. But if you did participate in that, if you helped in that, I do thank you for participating and for donating, for cheering us on. Uh, you know, 46 to 47 We'll try again next September, and I think next time it'll be like 51 or 52 rides. But I think we can do it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Make sure you follow along next year. And finally, Disney released a little snippet, a one-minute snippet of the Epcot Forever show that takes place starting at the end of September. Of course, Illuminations is going away. Illuminations will be going away very soon. Uh, Illuminations uh, Reflections of Earth, which has been the fireworks and sh- ending of the day show at Epcot for the last uh, 16, 17 years, um, it will be giving its final performance on September 30th. Followed by Epcot Forever, which starts on October 1st. And uh, Epcot Forever apparently is supposed to be like a, a temporary show until they get Harmony Us, which is the big show, coming next year sometime. A little snippet of Epcot Forever, though. Take a listen to this. Soar in the tower. We are ready for takeoff. Magic Sounds cool. I, I look forward to hearing it. I The reports from people who saw a lot more of it at D23 are great. People said they love it. So I'm hoping that it is actually that good. And I really want to see it. Uh, maybe I'll get down sometime later this fall or early next year and, and try to see the show. Now, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I know that people have talked about this ad nauseum. We've talked about it a whole lot here. But I was able to actually go into Galaxy's Edge both Friday morning, the first part of our challenge, of our, our WDW challenge, and of course on Saturday was able to actually take my time with the actual uh, actual area itself. Let me tell you a little bit about Friday. So we got there early. We got there, at the, the park opened at 6. We got there at 5 a.m., myself and Joey, and you know, we were eating dry bagels and everything, trying to overload on sugar and carbs and stuff, ready to kind of hit the road and running. So they let us in about 5.45. So we go into the park, we walk in through the gate, do back check and everything, and you're able to go up to a certain point, I believe it's Sunset Boulevard. It's the point in Epcot where if you, if you took a right, you'd go straight down to Tower of Terror. So it's that intersection there. They put everybody across there. You just kind of stop there. Cast members are standing there with a rope, and you just you can't move forward until 6 o'clock. So we asked the cast member if there had been uh, people running. 
you know, and uh, which I have seen before. Actually, I remember distinctly when Toy Story Mania opened in 2007, I believe. Cast members would hold hands across the front of the crowd, and they would walk very slowly to Toy Story Mania. You had to follow behind them and walk. If you ran, they pulled you out of line. They pulled you off to the side. Uh, you know, and over time, to a certain point, they would kind of let lead you into the park to a certain point, and then they would kind of let you go, and people just took off from there. But I haven't seen one of those in a long time. I really, really haven't. I, I've kind of managed to avoid a lot of those crowds, but this crowd we cannot avoid. We were trying to get in there, ride Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run pretty much as quick as possible so, so we can get off, ride Slinky Dog, and just kind of get out of there. So we're standing there, and we, you know, the cast member says that, hey, uh, we've had people f- running when they first opened. They just did cast members. He goes, but we've made some improvements. And he said, nobody runs now. Okay, that sounds ominous, but all right. So 555, 558 rolls around. Some stormtroopers come walking out from the side. So they basically make a pattern across the front of five or six stormtroopers, and we're ready to go. So the park opens. Now, if you're going to Rock and Roller Coaster, if you're going to Tower of Terror, if you're going to head over to Star Tours, you have your run of the litter. You can go. You're done. You're good. you got to follow the crowd up to a point where you can break away, like to go to Star Tours or something, but otherwise, you're set. We were going to the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. So we started walking behind these stormtroopers who were making very slow steps they were kind of marching they were marching but very slowly they were not going very fast and for the first few minutes it was kind of cool we're following behind stormtroopers but you have to know there were about probably five maybe six seven hundred people behind me Uh, myself and joey were at the front of the pack we got there early so we're right there we could reach out and probably touch a stormtrooper but they didn't walk very fast and their strides were not very long so we are basically kind of walking slowly like shuffling almost steps are like my steps are not really big because I don't have long legs but they're regular size steps we're walking half steps at this point all of us are all six or seven to eight hundred people however many are all doing the same thing I can imagine people in the back not knowing what's going on and why the crowd won't move so we're all shuffling forward little by little we're trying to step on each other's heels trying to step on each other's feet guys it's hot it is dang hot there I mean I am sweating already I've been sweating for 10 minutes already and just profusely pouring down sweat so we're walking Joey and I get separated the crowd kind of moves in even though I was one of the first ones in line one of the first ones at rope drop some crowd have kind of gotten ahead of me and we're just slowly walking and walking and walking and walking through the park we're walking and walking and walking and down the hill and we're walking and we're all it just it was the worst game of mother may I have ever played mother may I take 1400 baby steps yes you may it was miserable and we finally got to Galaxy's Edge. The Stormtroopers kind of flanked off. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is good. Well, then another line of, of Star Wars cast members came walking right in front of us and led us to the Millennium Falcon. We got to the Millennium Falcon, which, by the way, seeing that for the first time is exactly as advertised. You see it, and you're just in awe of what you're, what you're seeing. It's just like, that's, that's the Millennium Falcon. Holy crap, I'm looking at the Millennium Falcon. It's just this immaculate... A crazy imagination you know you suddenly feel like you're seven again and maybe you found that you're looking at under the tree on christmas morning or you know when i was a kid honey i shrank the kids was a big movie and i would imagine myself what i would do if i was small and, and i'm thinking well maybe maybe i've just got shrunk down to where i'm tiny a little like i'm a tiny action figure size and this is the million falcon play set you know i'm about to walk on it's just it's amazing looking at it. it's so cool just so neat <laughs> But, of course, on this day, we weren't able to really soak in the sights. We had to ride the ride and get out. Get out. We had to ride the ride and get off as soon as we could, going over to Slinky Dog and to Saucers and Toy Story Mania, trying to knock out Hollywood Studios as quick as we possibly could. So, while it was great seeing it for the first time, I didn't really get to enjoy it. We went through the line. They, they, they brought the line down from eight or nine people wide to about three people wide. So, we all had to narrow in there. And, um, you know, we're shuffling through. We're getting our assignments. You can be a pilot. You can be a gunner. You can be an engineer. We get into the ride itself, and it's 
it's great. I mean, the ride is amazing. It's just it's such a fun ride and just how cool it is. And I've heard people talk about, even on this podcast, how they they were a little distracted by the fact that they had to push buttons and they weren't able to watch what was going on. I personally didn't have that problem. I mean, like, out of my peripheral, I could see it. And I'll describe a little bit about that in a few minutes um, once I get to that and everything. But, you know, we, we did the Millennium Falcon ride. We got off the Millennium Falcon ride. We got out of uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, went to Toy Story Land because we had a challenge to do. And we were already behind because we nobody expected that march. I called it the sweat, the, the death sweat march. It was just insanely hot and humid, and I was already hot, and that march did not help me. So the next morning on Saturday, I decided, well, I'm going to go to the park a little bit later. I'm pretty tired. I, ro- I walked 20.13 miles in one day. Now, there are people who do much more than that. There are people that run 20 miles in a day and they go and they just go ride horses or they go, you know, on a racetrack or they go jump on a trampoline or something. They do other things because they're not tired. Me, I was a little tired. So I slept in just a little bit. I didn't get to Ep- uh, didn't get to Hollywood Studios till about 7 or 7.30. And the park had already been open by that point, but not not for the regular public. It's just extra magic hours. Met up with all my friends. We went to the Millennium Falcon. And guys, we got on it probably in 10 minutes, just straight on it. Got to enjoy it a little bit more. I got to look around the little lobby there. Basically, you walk through the hangar. The queue is basically the hangar leading into the Millennium Falcon. And, you know, they're great great spots for pictures because you're walking around the Millennium Falcon as you're walking through the hangar. And at some point, you board the Millennium Falcon. Uh, there's the, 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 the chess table that you see in Star Wars A New Hope where they play chess and stuff. You can sit there. There's picture opportunities. You can look around. And it's it's you're not even in a line when you get to that area because they find your party and they give you an assignment. You are either a pilot you're a gunner, or you are an engineer, and you're different colors. I mean, I think once I was red, once I was blue, once I was green. Your team is different colors. And so you can look around that little queue area there without worrying about losing your place in line because let's say, okay, I need red team, I need green team, I need blue team, purple team, rainbow team, fuchsia team, moth team, whatever. They will call your team up, and then you go as a team, and you go board the cockpit, basically. Um, the, the, the place was fascinating. I saw the little ball there that uh, Luke Skywalker kind of hits in A New Hope, and I'm sure there are Easter eggs all over that place that I didn't get to see. <clears throat> to describe for you what's going on, the, the story is, and you actually get to see this in the uh, the queue itself before you get to the to the lobby there that I'm talking about. Uh, you meet up with Hondo, and Hondo is a character from one of the Star Wars cartoons. If you don't know much about Hondo, and he is trying to get some uh, some some devices, some pieces, some necessary equipment for the Resistance. You're smuggling that out, and there are two of them out there, and you've got to pilot the ship to go get the two and bring them back. Okay. So why don't we listen to a little bit of Hondo. This is the introduction of the show. As you're walking through the queue, this is where you get stopped. You listen to Hondo kind of tell what's going on here. I recorded this uh, live uh, right there in Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. And so it's a little hard to hear, but I think you can kind of get the gist of what he's telling you. Welcome, my friends. Welcome, welcome. What a fine-looking group of flight professionals. You remind me of me, but without the bounty on your head, it's... Ah, I that Millennium Falcon. 
So that's generally what it is without going too nerdy with you. That's kind of what we're doing. So the pilot itself pilots the ship. I mean, you have two people in the front, and one is uh, taking the ship left and right, and you have a, not, you have a big, uh, big lever there. You go left, you go right. The other is up and down, and it is you go up to go down, and you pull the lever down to go up. And you also have to do the light speed, and there's a big lever for that. Now, when they want you to do something, obviously the left and right, up and down, you've got to figure that out on your own. But when you're going to hit a button or pull a lever, it lights up. I mean, there's a big green square around it that lights up that tells you what to do. So when it says, hey, let's go light speed, you know, the, the lever lights up, and so you're there. You know what to do. The gunner sits right behind the pilots. There's two in a row as well, two sitting side by side with a little, a little alley in between them, a little, little pathway in between them. Um, and, again, you're firing the guns, but you see uh, you see the big squares there that light up. So even in your peripheral, you can see what's going on as you push those buttons. Okay, I had no problem with it. I, I mean, I can see some people wanting to stare at the buttons the whole time, but you can kind of see how bright they are. Just reach over and hit the buttons. It'll tell you where to hit the missiles. There's a series of four or five buttons you have to hit, and it tells you what to do, which is great. Um, and right behind that is the engineer, and the engineers are the ones that repair the ships that the pilots screw up, and the gunners don't don't you know uh, don't get their job done. You're the engineer, and you get to fix the ship, and you know and de- deploy this, deploy this mechanism, deploy that, and it gives again it gives you buttons to push. So you get the pilot, the gunners right behind him, engineers right behind them. They're there's six people in the cockpit. Um, you know, the first day we did it, it was my friend Joey and I. The second day, we had five of us and plus a stray from another party that was in there, and we just had a good time. Now, it gives you stats and everything on how well you did. You can either get one or two of the, and I forget what they're called, like big cube things, basically, big tube things, basically. You can get one or both, or I guess there's a chance you could fail at your mission and not get any of them. Uh, you know, and as you're walking out, it will give you the stats of how well you did. I think 1,300 is the highest score you can get. There was one time we got like 900 and something or whatever. Um, another time we got less than that, so it will tell you. It will tell you what your profits are because Hondo is going to make money. He's a smuggler. Uh, and as you walk out, too, the lighting is a little bit different. If you had a great mission, everything is bright and shiny. If you walk out and you had a terrible mission, the hallway is a little kind of, little lights are kind of buzzing a little bit. It looks like it's been through some wear and tear so it reacts to what your mission actually did so it's a very interactive ride it's a very cool ride you know i'm looking forward to rise of the resistance which opens december 5th at walt disney world january 17th at disneyland i'm looking forward to that ride as well and i think that ride's going to be gangbusters because i'm hearing how amazing it is but this ride itself is a very good ride it's a lot of fun we got off it right back on it we basically rode it twice in a less than an hour I think the wait time was 25 minutes about both times. Now, when 9 o'clock rolled around and the park opened to everybody, not just extra magic hours, the wait time went up to 75 minutes almost immediately. So it gets very popular. So if you are going to go, if you are going to go to Galaxy's Edge and the crowds have not been terrible, which they weren't terrible for the week we went, uh, I would recommend maybe getting there a little after park opening because that, that sweat march is just terrible. 
and uh, you know you have to do it. You have to go through that to get to the uh, to get to the ride itself. But if you wait a little while, that that sweat death march has already happened. Maybe go in at six twenty. Go ahead and hop in line. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's kind of a hit and miss. You might get them. The line might be thirty minutes or forty five minutes. You might get them. The line might be ten minutes. I heard people walking on it. Uh, you know, a couple of times while I was there over the weekend. I think again, three rides. I think our total wait time, if you don't count the sweat death march, was about. 35 and 45 minutes total for the three rides you know so it's not a bad thing at all but if you get there after opening obviously that's where everybody goes there's a lot to see in galaxy's edge and it is very immersive now one thing you hear it compared to is harry potter over at universal studios which is very true you go into diagon alley and there are places in there you can stand in there and not see the outside world but there are only one or two places. At Galaxy's Edge, there's a lot of places like that. I mean, there are. You just walk around, and you're completely surrounded by this this area. Chewbacca walks through. Ray will walk through. Kylo Ren will walk through. First Order Generals will walk through. And they don't stop. You can take pictures with them if you want, but you have to walk with them. They'll say, hey, come with me real quick, and they'll kind of talk to you for a second. But they don't stop. Because in this world, when you're in Batu, they're not performers on a stage. They are characters in a real story. So in real life, why would, why would Ray stop? to take pictures to you in real life in this story she's not a celebrity she's a freedom fighter and so she doesn't want to stand there and just get uh, you know aimed at by the first order so she's going to walk through real quickly so if you see her you can take a picture but you got to walk beside her and you got to get it fast a lot going on in this place uh there are two restaurants there is a uh, docking bay seven and uh, rondo's roasters docking bay seven serves breakfast and for lunch for breakfast you have entrees like you know tugs morning oats and the bright sun's morning uh, which is like egg bites and stuff. The Mustafarian lava roll, which is a sweet galactic delight, which I believe is like a cinnamon roll. For lunch, they've got these smoked kadu ribs, which are ribs. The roasted Andorian tip-yip salad, which is a salad with roasted chicken. They've got a noodle salad uh, uh, thing. They've got a, a braised shack roast, which is beef pot roast. I got the fried Andorian tip-yip, which is crispy chicken sitting on top of a potato mash with vegetables and herb gravy. It's kind of a green gravy. It honestly tasted like a chicken version of a fish stick. That's kind of what it tasted like. It wasn't my favorite. It's something that I'm okay with eating. I'm not, like, disgusted by it. But I don't know that I'll ever eat it again. It was all right. They have a kid's menu as well. And for dessert, they have the oi oi puff and the batuban. Uh, the oi oi puff is a raspberry cream puff, passion fruit mousse, and the batuban is a chocolate cake, white chocolate mousse, and coffee custard. I had the batuban. I liked it very much. It was very good. A little sweet for my taste, but it was good. The oi oi puff is uh, the raspberry cream puff. It was a little... um. A little tart, a little tart for my taste as well. Over at Ronti Roasters, they have breakfast. They have, I guess, almost like quicker food, though. They have morning wraps. They have uh, overnight oats as well. They have the Ronto wraps and turkey jerky for lunch. Um, you know, and they don't really even have any, have any uh, uh, desserts. They have, you know, a couple of specialty beverages as well. So, and it's a little smaller place. I think Docking Bay is kind of the bigger place, the more popular place. Uh, the place to go to, however, is Oga's Cantina. Ogus Cantina is pretty fantastic. It's a little bar there, and it's very hard to get into because it's a very tight space. And, uh, you know, you have to get reservations for this well in advance. Rondo's Roasters, Docking Bay 7 are not reservation only. Um, I think I think at one time they were going to be, but it's proven to not be necessary. So it's a quick service. You go in, you order, you find a seat. Ogus, however, is a reservation only kind of place. I think there were some walk-ups that I saw on Saturday, but otherwise it's but otherwise, it's better if you have a uh, if you have a reservation. They have all kinds of concoctions with alcohol, with these funny names like Fuzzy Tauntaun and the uh, Jedi Mind Trick and the Skyhopper and the Outer Rim and the Dagobah Slug Slinger. They've got beers on tap. They've got ciders on tap. We got snacks called Batu Bits. Uh, the non-alcoholic concoctions, which is what I enjoyed: the Hyperdrive Punch, the Jabba Juice, the Blurg Fire, the Carbon Freeze, the Black Spire Brew, the Cliff Dweller, which comes with a Porg Cup. 
which is a, for sale at the uh, uh, at, at Ogus Cantina for the low price of $35. It's a souvenir pork cup and the Blue Bantha, which is blue milk served chilled with a Bantha-inspired vanilla butter sugar cookie. Basically, you get a cup of blue milk that you can buy outside, and they have a cookie on top of it. That's pretty much it. The blue milk was the same. I had blue milk outside in the uh, at, at uh, Galaxy's Edge when I was you know walking around. I had the blue milk here with the cookie on top. Now, it says Bantha-inspired. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, you might recognize the term Bantha Pudu. That means Bantha Poop. Banthas are the big, big tusky, uh, big cr- buffalo-looking creatures in Star Wars New Hope. The Tusken Raiders, the Sand People rode those. They ride single file to hide the numbers. And those are the Banthas. Now, Bantha Pudu, Bantha Poop. The cookie itself was a sugar cookie with chocolate stuff on top, and it was designed in such a way that it looked like Bantha poop. That's what I'm guessing they're going for. I didn't ask anybody in particular, but uh, it was good. I'm a I'm a fan of the blue milk. We had the blue milk and the green milk. The green milk is a little mangoey. I'm not a big fan of mango, so I didn't really care for that that much. But the blue milk, it's very creamy. Um, I don't want to say coconut, but it has that tropical kind of flavor to it. I had two of those during the day. I honestly wish I had gone back for a third because I liked it that much. You can also get the uh, uh, provision without alcohol little little uh, snack there called the Oga's Obsession, which is a... a Adwala Lemonade with cotton candy flavor, uh, blueberry popping pearls with bursting dried fruit mixture. What that means, basically, it's gelatin with little pearls in it and pop rocks on top, and it is really, really good. It's served in what like, looks like a Petri dish, but it is extremely good. I had a really good flavor with that. I really enjoyed that, and kind of wish I had another one, to be honest with you. Um, they also have the Rodan Russian, which is the uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, uh, Pucker Sour Apple, Green Apple, Sprite, Boba Balls with a Pop, blah, blah, blah. I don't drink a lot, so a lot of these terms I'm giving you, I just know brand names. I don't know what really they are. Like, I know Tito's Vodka is a big deal, but I don't know what it is other than just vodka, Tito's Vodka. But the Oga's Obsession, the little Petri dish, gelatin dish, was extremely good. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, you walk around Galaxy's Edge. You can go to the little trader's market there, and they have all the little shops and stuff where they sell the stuffed animals and the creatures and the porgs, and the, you can buy the, the the Jedi robes and the lightsabers and such. Now, there is Savi's, which you can go in and make a lightsaber. We didn't do that. Um, you know, I didn't have a reservation for that. I think my friend Joey did. Uh, he canceled it at some point because that's where you go in and you make a $200 lightsaber. They also have the Droid Factory. I believe you can go in and make a droid. I don't remember if that's reservation only or not, but they have a you know it's one of the shops, one of the bigger shops. You can buy all sorts of everything, collectibles and such, everything from action figures to you know costumes to hair pieces and braids and stuff, and you know plastic lightsabers, just regular plastic ones, not the ones you built, all the way up to a twenty-five thousand uh, dollar R two D two droid, which apparently works. And so you know it's twenty-five grand if you want to get that, then uh, awesome. Um, it's wonderful. It is a great, great area. We were there probably until after 12. We had lunch. We had lunch at Oga's. And after that, actually, I left Hollywood Studios and went over to Epcot to meet my friends, to meet some other friends, and just had a really good time. You can see the X-Wing there. You can see uh, Kylo Ren's ship is there. They have a show a couple of times a day where Kylo Ren comes on stage and whatever, and he chokes one of his generals and such. Uh, one of the First Order officers walks around, had a very good conversation with one of our friends in our in our little group, asking her how much she loves the First Order. And, you know, she's like, I don't like the First Order, and you guys are evil. And he's basically being political, giving her the, the rundown of why the First Order is so great. We will take care of you. We'll provide all the health care needs you have. And, oh, it's your birthday. Well, you should be thanking the First Order for giving you this many birthdays and blah, blah, blah. Very in character, very, very cool. There were a couple of great magic shots that are there. Magic shots are the photopath shots, which, you know, are something special. We have one where it's like they had a camera in the middle, a 360-degree camera right in the middle. You go and you stand around that camera. Everybody holds your hands up, and they take a picture 
of 360 degrees all around you, and it makes for a really, really cool shot. Uh, we have another one, kind of the zoom pictures, where they kind of take your picture, um, and they zoom way back from the uh, actual photo itself, and it's kind of just like a three-second video. We have that. There's also other magic shots as well you can take there. Just a, just a cool place. It's a really, really cool place, even if you're not a Star Wars fan. I think you'd get something out of this. I really do. I think you'd enjoy it. Just the detail of it. And it's it's tucked back away from everything. So it's not as if, again, you walk towards the front of Batu, you're going to look out and see Toy Story Land. I think there are certain places, if you look really hard, you can see the top of Slinky. I know on Slinky you can see into Toy Story Land. I know in Slinky you can actually see some of Batu, maybe some of the mountains and stuff. But it is pretty well hidden. And even more so, it would... It, it, it was a beautiful day. It was hot, obviously, but it was a beautiful day. Bright and shiny sunshine. There's one point where we walked out of the gates of Batu. It's kind of this archway as you walk in, and the, cur- the the sidewalk kind of curves around, so you can't see directly into it. We walked out of it. We're walking out of this hot sunshine, go through the uh, the awning, through the gates, through the, through the corral, into the rest of Hollywood Studios, and it's about to rain. It's all of a sudden dark clouds, and it's like... It feel like Disney's buying the weather because it was sunny, literally 25 feet back there. And all of a sudden, it's like rainy here. We got to do Star Tours. Then we came back for Ogus Cantina and, you know, did some fun stuff there. But it is a really, really cool place. It's very detailed. There's a lot more to it. I know there are Easter eggs all over that place that I didn't see. I know that you can download the Disney Play app and you can actually interact with a lot of things that are going on there. I didn't do any of that, unfortunately. I just didn't have time to. But uh, very cool area. If you haven't seen this area, I definitely recommend taking a look at it. I definitely recommend going in and just giving yourself a few hours to walk around and look. I mean, one ride, one restaurant, and one bar stop, we were there for six hours. And so that should tell you what kind of place this is. And not everybody in our group was like diehard Star Wars fans. So even for the non-Star Wars fans, I think there's something for everybody. So uh, we're running out of 30 minutes or so here. I'm going to, which, I, which is what I thought I would do at some point, I'm going to push back my Be Our Guest dinner review till next week. We're going to talk about that next week, and I do have a good review for you there. It's the Be Our Guest prefix menu, the first time I've eaten there since the prefix. And we'll talk about the food. We'll talk about the service. We'll talk about the atmosphere. Some good some bad, and whether I think it's worth it, that is going to be next week. That is going to end this show, however, uh, the Magic Hundred Dollar Podcast, and I thank you once again for listening. Guys, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course on Apple Podcasts. Find us anywhere and everywhere. Go to the website, magicondollar.com. You can click on the podcast tab, and you'll see all the show notes there from all the previous shows. And let me tell you this. If you haven't, if you haven't done so, I would encourage you to go back to last week and check out the 9-11 episode. I know 9-11 was last week, and it was a day of, of, of recognizing, a day of respect, maybe a day of silence. I did a show about 9-11. Actually, I was on 9-11 when I did it last week, and it was all about Disney and 9-11, about what happened under 9-11, how Disney was alerted, were they a target, what was going on, a little bit of personal stuff about where I was, much like I know that you guys know where you were as well, if you, in fact, you were alive, you know, and just, uh, hey, you know, about not forgetting, about not forgetting what happened on that day, and I think it's a pretty good show. It is wrapped around Disney, so it's not just political or 9-11 or anything. As a matter of fact, it's not political at all. We don't get into that at all. We never do, but uh, something that you should, uh, I think you should go listen to. It's last week's show on 9-11, um, released last week, episode number 72, I believe, because I think this is 73, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, that is the Magic on a Dollar podcast. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Find me. Email me, magicondollar at gmail.com. And don't forget, I am your favorite Disney travel planner. I would love to help you with all your Disney travel planning needs. Uh, come find me and uh, shoot me an email, magicondollar at gmail.com, magicondollar at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to help. Otherwise, you guys, hey, Don't forget, thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. 
Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.